everybody doing today? This is Thursday. Thanks for joining me. Uh, this is the Rob Scott Podcast. So if you've gotten on here and you didn't know who you're going to be listening to, well, I'm Rob Scott and you're listening to the Rob Scott Podcast. So thank you for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please tell your friends about it. And um, tell them to give me five stars. You can give me five stars and send me some information if you want questions on what I talk about. If you don't like what I talk about, I don't really care. But I would like to talk to you about it and you know go back and forth and have a little bit of debate. That would be wonderful. Um, there, I want to follow up on my um, on my last podcast, uh, podcast eighty nine, where I was talking about. Greta Thunberg and her, and I've got a couple uh, in her um, doomsday uh, opinion about the climate and the world and how that I believe I believe started this whole doomsday activism and you know and our kids, especially these this this generation, this youngest generation, the generation before that, just don't have any don't have any hope and prayer of the future. So they're all sitting in their mom and dad's basements eating their cheese puffs and, and playing their video games, not working and, uh, you know, not striving for anything. They don't want to go to school because why, why go to school? You know, why go and learn? Uh, you know, the world's going to come to an end by some of these climate people, you know, in the next five years, 10 years, whatever, 15. Uh, you know, I go out and get an education and I can't use it because the world's going to blow up or the world's going to, we're all going to melt, you know, or something like that because of these people. Um, but before I read, I read an article that I thought was kind of cool. And, uh, before I read that though, I was just kind of like strolling through my, uh, my, uh, Facebook and, um, I, um, I came across this, this, uh, this post and I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of cool. And I, I'm 100% behind this. Um, and I think that, you know, the more people you know, listen to, I, I believe that you'll get behind this as well. And, um, and the post comes from, uh, uh, we, get, we uh, get by with a little help from our friends. And she writes this, I typically refrain from political posts, but this is a cause I feel strongly about. And this is what she writes, or what was written. What we really need is a wider, shorter plates of nachos in the restaurants. No more tall towers of chips and toppings. Spread the toppings across a larger area and cover all of the chips, not just the top layer. And then it says, stand with me. I wrote it back, 100% stand with you, babe. I agree with you 100%. I don't know if you've ever gone to a restaurant uh, and you order nachos and you get this huge mound of nachos. And all you get is the whatever you get, hamburgers, uh, you know, hot peppers, whatever you, salsa, whatever you get all over it. And they just put it on the top, right? I'd rather, I'd rather see a plate that was about the size of the table and they spread out all of the, all of the, uh, the chips, you know, and then put all of the ingredients all over the chips. So everyone can take advantage of all of the ingredients and all the toppings on in every bite, I mean, have you run into that? Have you run into when you've ordered nacho, nachos and stuff like that, that that's what you get? There's not a whole place. There's not a whole lot of places that don't do that. Spread that stuff out, man. You know, 
give everybody an opportunity, especially when you have like six or seven people you're sitting at a table and everybody's like munching on this thing. And what you do is, you know, the first few people pull off the top and they pull off the ground meat and the spicy meat and everything. They pull off all the good stuff and the cheese and then all the rest of that. Then everybody else has all these soggy freaking chips at the bottom of the plate that, you know, what good is that? So I wanted to, I wanted to you know, Stand. I wanted to, you know, broadcast that I'm 100% behind this. Those restaurants that uh, do nacho plates, please spread them out a little bit. You know, make it a bigger plate. Spread those toppings out. Make sure that everybody at the table can, you know, get a little bit of uh, the toppings instead of just a few people. That'd be great. So that's uh, my rant for the day. Thank you very much. Um, I uh, hope you guys will get behind that. Um, I. Um, let me just see. Uh, let me see some of these other ones here. That they, yeah, all of them are about the same as mine. So I'm not going to say anything more. Um, but what I did um, run across was a very interesting article. Now, if you remember, if you listened to my last podcast, I talked about uh, the lack of optimism and the pessimism that we have in this world today. Um, and I and I started with a with a uh, actually it's a video clip, but you heard the audio of. Um, uh, Thunberg's famous you've taken our lives away you've taken our future away a complete ecosystems ha- e- complete a complete ecosystems have been destroyed we have no hope you've taken our lives away you know and I think this is really kind of like the beginning of the end um, for um, an optimistic view on the future. It just takes away everything that America and the world stands for and all the progress that we've made through, uh, through time, uh, forever. (laughs) It just, it didn't make any sense to me. And, you know, and what we have now, we have a bunch of, um, now we just have a bunch of other ideologies that follow the same kind of gloom and doom. And if you don't do this, you're going to hurt somebody. If you don't do this, uh, you know, gun control is one of those things. If you don't, if we don't do something about, if we don't do something, there's always quote unquote something with guns. Uh, guns are going to continue to kill people. Guns don't kill anybody. Uh, people kill people. Uh, people inflict pain and anguish and death on people, not guns. Just happens to be uh, one of the you know one of the instruments that are used uh, in you know some of, some of our school shootings and, and uh, suicides and things like that. Um, but it's not the only one. So, I mean, I was on my way home from uh, work uh, last week, uh, and it was like one of the few days that it was nice and clear and clean. Thought I had a nice drive home, and probably I don't know. 20 minutes, 15 minutes out of uh, Spanish Fork, the highway, the freeway comes to a complete dead stop. Every It's a parking lot, right? So you get, we got on the uh, DOT's uh, website and uh, found out that it's going to be down. There was an accident, and it's going to be down for like six hours plus. And I don't know if you've ever sat on the highway for six hours or not, but it's not a lot of fun. So we turned around and we went in another direction and took two and a half hours to get home. That would have taken me 45 minutes. Anyway, that being said, and I know this is just one instance. Um, I don't want anybody crying and, you know, oh, you're wrong. What we found out later is that somebody did uh, committed suicide via, uh, via vehicle. And that's what was holding everything up. 
So people are going to choose uh, the method. Some people use a firearm. Some people use a car like this, like this person did. Some of us choose to overdose. Some of us choose to cut our wrists. We, you know, there's varying different ways that people can analyze, jump off of bridges, um, and all kinds of different ways that people do this. And we never address what the 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 underlying base issue is, and that the base issue is the mental aspect of why these people are. are in a place where they think that taking their lives is the only answer that's left for them in their lives, and so they do. And I really believe that all this doomsday, um, you know, the world's coming to an end, um, you know, is just is just feeding into this and making these, especially with young people. You don't see this. You don't see this with people who have hope. You don't see this as much with people who have a belief in God, who, who go to church and are religious. You don't see it in families as much. It, it, of course, you do. Uh, I'm not saying that that makes you, um, you know, a, not oblivious, but makes you immune for, to it. But you don't see it in in, in people that have uh, have a a view of life that is full and. Um, that I can achieve things, um, and and not everything's all just chaos, and I don't have any control over my life, right? And um, you know, like that's what to me uh, we have become a people that we we thrive on fear instead of hope, and looking to the future and and seeing what we can do to um, increase our faith, increase our hope. And as we do this, we if we have optimism versus pessimism about the future, and you can do that with any any topic. You can do that with climate change. You can do that with with uh, just about anything you want to talk about. If you look at you can look at the uh, 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 pessimistic view on things or an optimistic view on things. And um, you know, look at the look at the transgender movement today. Okay. We're seeing a massive increase in the number of people who are claiming to be transgender, uh, and the media, and even our medical, even our medical society is is pushing this. And therapy wise, and psychologists are pushing this that they're telling their parents that the only way that they can love their children, okay, is to affirm what they are, right? And if they don't, their kids are going to commit suicide. Now, I, I'm a parent. I have four children. I have six grandchildren. Okay, I don't want to see my child um, commit suicide because they're suffering from you know from a, a dysphoria and they're you know they're going through a, a normal thing in their lives. And we have these medical professionals, these experts, these clinicians, all telling our uh, telling parents that if they really love their children, that their job and the way that you really show love is to you know, live by fear that your kids are going to kill themselves because they can't, because they're not affirmed. COVID was another big thing. COVID was nothing but the two years of just nothing but fear and anguish that if we don't do this, if we don't stay in our houses, if we don't wear masks, if we don't take the vaccine, if we don't close down our schools, you know, you know, Johnny is going to bring home COVID to his grandma and his grandma is going to die. If we don't stay in and we don't celebrate Christmas and we don't do this, and we don't celebrate Thanksgiving, all of us are going to get COVID and we're all going to die. 
you know, what uh, Joe Biden, uh, what, in 2021 or something at Christmas time came up and he says, this is going to be the Christmas or the holiday of death. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I understand fear is a, motivate, uh, is a motivator, but it's the lowest form of, of motivation. You know, when I was on my mission, my mission president... Um, really smart, really smart man and very professional man. Uh, young guy. He was 32 for 32, 35. Very young. C- called as as a um, um, as a mission president. He later on uh, organized the Franklin Planners. Uh, then they joined with uh, Franklin. Then they joined with Co- uh, Cubby and joined um, and created uh, uh, Franklin Cubby. That's uh, the, uh, the time management systems that you that you probably use. I don't know. Anyway, he taught us. He taught us when I was a young missionary, at 19, 20 years old, that there's three kinds of motivation. There is fear, which is the lowest form of motivation. There is duty. And then there's love. When you do things out of love because you love doing things, um, that's motivation. Uh, when you do that, you can achieve just about any duty is a, is an okay thing because you're doing it. I you know like I go out and work. I have a I have a, I have a family. I have children to take care of. Um, I have a, a profession or a career that I'm trying to develop. So you kind of you kind of like cross that line between uh, duty and love because sometimes you love what you do. Some people don't. They just kind of go to work and they just do it out of duty. Um, and then you, and then you have fear, and fear is always the scariest and most unpredictable uh, form of motivation that there is. And for some reason, for some reason, our wonderful administration and our government and it's continually like this uh, and, and it's been a continually growth of this is to try to scare um, its citizens into doing things and I just it's 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 just not going to succeed uh, because you can't use that form of motivation to really exact permanent good change and what it does is it makes everybody pessimistic about things it makes youth uh, think that they don't have a future. Um, that's but that's why I don't really get into the whole climate change, you know, the warming thing. I I, I understand it, and I understand that the, yes, there is climate change, but this continual uh, doomsday scenario that they that they push. If we don't do this, if we don't do, if we don't reduce our green gases, and if we don't get rid of gas stoves, and we don't change over to electric cars, and all the stuff, we are going to, we're all going to die, and we're all going to melt, and we're all going to, you know, suffer the consequences of it in a hundred years. Some of them saying in five years, you know, we have California, we have all these, some of these other states that are sitting there saying that they're going to change over completely to, you know, to green, to green and have nothing but electric cars, you, nothing but electric, uh, you know, uh, uh, lawn mowers and all this, all this stuff with no idea like how they're going to achieve this and how they're going to produce all the batteries, how they're going to produce all the energy, how they're going to produce all the electricity to, to be able to make these things happen. It, it, what's, it's never going to happen, yet they push the doomsday and the pessimism um, in this climate change thing. And it, it seems to be most pervasive in the climate industry. And, it's being, and now it's being crossed over into almost every aspect of um, our existence in this country, in the West. Everything we do is because of fear. 
You know, don't uh, don't uh, believe Trump because he's a Nazi. Uh, don't believe Republicans because they are followers of Trump. So they're all Nazis, and they are going to destroy our democracy. January sixth was nothing but uh, a, a group of people. Okay, it started from a peaceful protest, and it had a few, what, a hundred people who actually, and a few, a handful of people that went into the Capitol and tried to do things. And those people have been arrested, they've been charged, um, and they've been convicted if they've done something wrong, right? And yet, the whole time, this this narrative has been that that these people were like super evil. They're trying to break, tear down the democracy just simply because they question the election. That's it. I don't support what they did. I'll say it again. What they did was wrong, and they should be prosecuted for what they did. Okay? But the narrative over the last two years with the Democrats and with this left left and progressives is that if you are associated with that side, if you are associated with MAGA, you are a bad person. And you are not a believer in the Constitution. You're trying to destroy democracy. This is all just a bunch of fear tactics. That's all it is. Just a bunch of of crappy fear and pessimism about the people in this country and trying to get them, you know, giving you a doomsday uh, view of everything. And I just, it's just ridiculous. Um, and, th- and then I ran across this, this, um, this, um, this article, and I thought it was kind of cool. Now, it came from a, 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 a publication called Vox. I don't know if you know, it's, it's mostly a left left-leaning, well, not left-leaning, it's le- definitely left, but they're very, you know, they're, they're very left in their writing. It's not really, they're not really reporters. They're just kind of more in a, more entertainment and, and things like that. But this uh, person, Tyler uh, Comrie, uh, wrote this article, and I thought it was kind of, actually kind of cool. Um, let me read a little bit of this for you. Um, He's talking about climate change in this article, okay? And um, he talked about pessimism, optimistic and pessimistic views of climate change, right? And he says, we need the right kind of climate optimism. Climate pessimism dooms us to a terrible future, okay? Complacent optimism is no better. All right, let me go on and read a little bit more. And he, he quotes it against do, uh, a doomerism and this other, uh, I guess it's a publication or another thing with, it's called the highlight that Vox, that Vox uses, uh, and, and it talks about stories and stuff like that. But he pulls a lot of this doomsday stuff from this against doomerism. Um, he says, we environmentalists spend our lives thinking about ways the world will end. <laughs> I you know I I don't wake up in the morning and wonder how the world's going to end. I I kind of figure out because of my faith that the world is going to come to an end when Christ descends out of heaven again when the second coming comes. You know I don't think it's going to it's going to blow up and then we've got an then we're going to live in you know these shacks or these underground things for you know another millennial before Christ comes. I think the world's going to come to an end when Jesus actually sends out of heaven. Uh, that's what I think. Uh, it says, there's nowhere that I see Doomer culture more vocal than on my own, my home turf. That's quite the, uh, um, um, and, and um, what's the um, insight on his part? With leading activists like Roger Hallam, a co-founder of the popular climate protest movement, Extinction Rebellion, telling young people that they face annihilation, it's no surprise that so many of them feel terrified 
In a large recent international survey on youth attitudes towards climate change, more than half said that, quote, humanity is doomed, (laughs) unquote. And three quarters said that the future is frightening. Young people have a good reason to worry about our ability to tackle climate change, but this level of despair should be alarming to anyone who cares about the well-being of future generations, which is, after all, what the climate movement is all about. Um, let me just go on. As the, world, as the leader of research for our world and data, an organization that aims to make data on the world's biggest problems accessible and understandable, he says he's written extensively on the reasons to be optimistic about the future. The prices of solar, the solar and wind power, as well as batteries for low, uh, storing low carbon energy, having having uh, the cost of it been uh, plunged. Global deforestation peaked de- decades ago and has been slowly declining. Sales of new gas and diesel cars are now falling. Coal is starting to die in many countries. When you can have a whole argument, you can have a whole debate on you know the benefits of not using coal and how that's going to affect the poorer, uh, poorer of us around this world. You can have a whole debate on that. And if you want that, that's fine. Uh, I, I'd love to talk to you about that. Government uh, commitments are getting closer to limiting global warming to 2% centigrade. Deaths from natural disasters. Despite what news, news about climate change-related fires and hurricanes might appear to suggest are a fraction of what they used to be. And that is so true. And that's because we are a people that we know how to adapt. We look at a situation and we change it. We look at a situation and we, we try to resolve the issues. A simple thing is, you know, cold during the winter and heat during the summer. We, we've provided a heating in homes and air conditioning through the summer. How many people used to die of, and, and of, of, uh, of exposure during the wintertime? And how many people have died because of heat exposure during, during the summer? Probably thousands, hundreds of thousands probably. And we solved those things. Air conditioning and, and, and uh, automobiles. We get, we get to drive around now, and we have uh, air conditioning of automobiles on days that are 100. live in Arizona, 105, 108, 110, 112. We drive around air conditioning now. We are, we are an optimistic people. Um, but here I don't want to talk about whether uh, pessimism is accurate. I want to focus on whether it is useful. People might defend doomsday scenarios as a wake-up call that society needs. If they're, exa- if they're exaggerated, so what? They might be the crucial catalyst to get uh, us to act on climate change. That, makes me, that goes back to the three forms of motivation. Fear, duty, and love. Okay, Do you really want to solve the issue or do you want to sit around and eat your cheese puffs and worry about that you don't have a future? I mean, that's not going to do anybody good, any good. It's not going to be. That's not going to do me any good. It's not going to do my my my, my children any good. Okay, you got to have a positive mental attitude when it comes to these things. Setting aside the normal problem of stretching the truth, this claim is wrong. Scaring people into action doesn't work. Never has worked. That's not that's that's true. Not just for climate change, air pollution, biodiversity loss, but also any issue. We can think of. We need optimism to make progress. Okay? And he goes on a little bit more about, you know, that isn't all that you need because, you you know, um, 
You need to make societal changes, and they're important, hard decisions that we need to make. And you need to have uh, you need to have a pessimistic view on these. And he talks about this chart that he shows on here about an optimist. Um, I don't know what's called. I can't I can't see it. it's too small, but it's a it optimist and changeable. And he has four different types of people: uh, optimist, pessimist, changeable, and non changeable. Um, he says pessimist in the lower right hand quadrant. Those who think the future is not changeable are the true doomers. The position is that we're screwed and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, you know, and I think today if we if we have we, if we continue on this this fear and and it goes on a little bit and talks a little bit more about how you know preventing certain things and um, and the different levels of pessimism, the different levels of optimism, and how how that how that works and and basically they say that the hold on um where is this do 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 um he says basically you want to be an optimist and have the opinion of being you know, changing being able to have the ability to adapt and to change and that's the best area to be in i wish here's what i wish that our that uh that we as a people would stop uh that we would use our common sense and really see things for the way they are. These climate alarmists, these people that throw out fear to scare you into doing things is, uh, is if anything is a short term dangerous um, option, a road to go down. It really is. It's terrible. Um, it does nothing to help build our future. And if, uh, if you have the history of America, like some people think, have a doomsday vision of America, you know, born, we were, you know, built on the backs of slaves and things like that that we can't change. Well, uh, you know, the, the history of the United States of America is change, is adaptation, is a positive uh, mental attitude towards growth. And this is how we've been able to go to the moon. This is how we've been able to create flight. This is how we are able to build, you know, build things, uh, design things, uh, create things that have helped us adapt over hundreds of years. And, uh, you know, and just looking at the world, uh, you know, how the human spirit has has developed um, in response to certain things, medicine, disease, We've all had people that if we just listen, if we gave up on smallpox, oh well, you know, smallpox is going to kill everybody, and we didn't do anything about it. The world's going to come to an end because smallpox is going to kill everybody. And then measles comes along, and then uh, you know uh, the mumps come along, and then all these different things. And then COVID comes along, and we have this we have this really lousy attitude that uh, that this is this is going to be with us for the rest of our lives and we're going to have to you know we're going to have to take this vaccine and and we're going to this is the only thing that's going to save our lives and and, and that we completely forget about our human body and our own immune systems and how through <laughs> through eons of time our bodies have learned to fight certain you know, you know, certain diseases and certain things that attack our body, and and we we come through. We're healthy, um, and because we've we've t- we've taken on the challenge, and this this doomsday stuff has got to stop. It's it's got to be something that we just reject <clears throat> because it's not true. And those people who are pushing this thing, this fear, uh, and trying to divide us, uh, trying to turn, you know, trying to say, I'm, an, I'm a better person because I'm a certain political 
uh, advocate. And if you don't agree with me, then you are, a, you know, you're a Nazi, you're a, a MAGA, you're a this or that. or And it goes to the other side, too. Uh, it goes the other way as well. You can't have people on the right, you know, on the right sitting there saying that these people are hopeless and they're all, you know, blah, always wrong and, and they, they have no hope for these people. Listen, we all need to, to be able to learn to get along with one another. We need to learn to love one another again. We need to look at our country as a place of unification and not as something of uh, being a separatists. And that we have these different classes, we have different uh, races, we have different colors of skin. And it just seems to me like the message is, you know, if you know, if if the message is we're going to judge everything based on the color of your skin, what nation you come from, what how many boxes that you can check on your privileges, you know, when you apply for a job or look for a job and every, and every corporation out there is saying, oh, well, you know, we, we got to hire, we got to hire a female who is black, who is either gay or lesbian or, um, who is uh, transgender, uh, who is, you know, some kind of identity group that is, is, is pressured and all these things. And we got all these boxes that we have to fill when you, uh, in corporations today and in government today, it's just a bunch of horse shit. It just really is. You know, if we concentrate on hiring and working with the people that are the smartest, the best, who are, who, are, who are looking to be able to make differences in the world and have a positive mental attitude about life, then this is, what, this is where we need to be. We don't need to be fighting with one another. We don't need to be pitted uh, because of political views against each other. We need to, be, uh, we need to be, have solidarity in our, um, in, our, in our relationships with our fellow citizens. You know, that's one of the things I one of the things I really liked about my schooling when I was in high school was, you know, we talked about civics and we talked about our our, our responsibility as a citizen locally, uh, you know, on a state level, on a federal level, mostly on the local level because that's where we concentrated things. And um, it helped you to get, be involved. It helped you to go out and and do projects uh, with you know, um, you know, highway projects and things like that to to better your um, your your environment, to better your 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 city that you live in, the, the county that you live in, the state that you live in. Uh, you know, I said last my last uh, podcast where when I was when I was young, we you know my church we have a, our church had a youth group. I was in scouting, and I per- I participated in multiple um, service projects that weren't always like church or religious related they were civic related you know we cleaned highways and we helped uh paint homes and clean up yards and during natural disasters in new jersey my gosh we would go out and and help people who have been uh, with hurricanes and things like their homes have been completely wiped off wiped out i mean complete right down to the frames uh windstorms that have brought down trees and and on top of homes and people that would normally would take them tens of thousands of dollars to try to fix and to replace and to and to um remove like trees and things like that we'd go out and we'd spend a weekend um Helping these these families at no cost to them, you know, with groups of just hundreds of people 
going out and cleaning up their yards, cutting up the trees that have fallen, uh, putting everything out on the street so the city can come by and pick them all up, all the brush, all the everything that we could do. And just to see the the hopelessness uh, turn to, uh, you know, the the turn to a complete pessimism about uh, their lives and about the situation there is just incredible. Um, I remember one time after this, this really bad windstorm that was along the shore, and we went down. We took probably 80 people with us, and we came upon this this home. There was a group of us, maybe about 10 or 15, that, that we had this one address where we stopped, and the house and the yard and everything was just completely destroyed. Trees all over, large, big trees all over the place, all over the front yard, all over the backyard, some of it dangerously leaning towards their home. And um, so we started working, and then another group of people came, another, you know, another group of workers came, there was another 15, and then another group came, another 20. And we had like probably 50 or 60 people, and we worked on this, on this family's yard, uh, they, they the, the 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 husband and wife came out. They were giving us water. They were doing everything, and within a good, uh, we worked a good six to seven hours on that yard and cleaning it up. And when you have sixty people doing this and moving things, you can do things fairly well and fairly quickly. And I remember mostly you know, the work was the work was hard. The labor, you know, the labor was difficult. Um, but we we were all there to help these people, and when we when we left, and their yard was under control, the the husband and wife came out, spoke to one of the you know one of the organ or leaders and organ organizers of our parties, and you could just tell they were just completely and utterly they weren't members of the LDS church. We just didn't help LDS people. We just helped whoever needed help. And they were completely flabbergasted and no, no words. They were completely humbled that we came out and helped them. They said that this would take them a week or two uh, doing it by themselves or having just family or having neighbors come over and help them. And we did it within a day. And the tears in their eyes and just the, the amount of gratitude that these, that these people had was just, it, it'll, it'll last, it'll be part of me for the rest of my life. And I, I just I like to look at the world in that way versus this this pessimistic doomsday kind of attitude that serves no real good purpose. It, it does not fix anything. It's just a, a fear and a scare tactic that will just never uh, achieve uh, what you want it to achieve. And I hope it as we as Americans and. Uh, uh, this great country that we see that and 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 our strength lies in our unity not in our division our strength lies in our ability to think things think through problems and solve problems uh in a in a expeditious and in a in a, in a most profitable and the most um uh controlling manner it's just that's what we need in this life we don't and we need to have generations after generations Fed and nourished with optimism instead of pessimism. Um, hey, that being said, that's all I got for you today. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, please uh, share um, 
my podcast with your friends. Give me five stars on whatever podcast application you use, Apple or Spotify, whatever. Um, drop me a line, uh, Rob at robscottpodcast.com. Uh, take a look at my website. I have some articles up there and that kind of go along with what my podcasts are about. But I'm really grateful that I live in this country. I'm really great, grateful to have a voice. Uh, this is why I do this podcast. Um, and uh, I want it to grow and I want it to be part and help maybe one person. That's all I care about. Uh, so uh, until next time, hey, be careful out there. It's a dangerous world. Uh, be careful out there. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Uh, and God bless you. Have a good day. Ah!